Good evening here in Vancouver. Good afternoon or morning overseas. Just give me a hashtag replay if you're watching this again. I'd love to know if you had a chance to jump on and what was the most relevant thing that you learned because we're going to be talking about you again today. I'm going to be talking about yours truly. First of all, I want to make sure that this thing is working. I need a I need a thumbs up from you just to confirm. Let me know if this is working. Hey, TJ, what's up? Let me know if this is working. Uh, second thing, I was going to put on music and do a little bit. Of, last time I put on um, no diggity. I like to bag it up. Um, yay. Afternoon. Perfect. Uh, I put on that song. And then Facebook, of course, starts to. Oh, there seems to be some loud noises going on outside. And the dogs, of course, go a little bit mental when that happens. But um, good morning from Dubai. Yes. So I can't put on music anymore because Facebook, like this is what I was looking forward to. I was looking forward to putting on my 90s hip hop playlist for you. I have a 90s hip hop playlist that I use that really connects me with my younger self. It helps me get into a flow state. And I have really um, encouraged you, please take a, take a picture, a snapshot, and put it in the screen of your playlist. I want to see your playlist that you're actually using it to connect in your body with that younger part of you because we're talking about healing on this climb up towards creating secure attachments in our lives, secure attachments with our work, secure attachments in our relationships. It's really why we're here. This is the end result of the healing work, the reward, the ultimate reward of all of our deep inner work that we do together is that we look around and we feel um, gratitude being around the people that we are, that we feel connection, that we feel intimacy, that we're able to emotionally regulate and not have other people be in control of our emotional states, being able to hold boundaries around our emotions and not what's called emesh ourselves into other people's emotions is one of my clients. Uh, so beautifully referred to herself as a jellyfish. In other words, I feel like a jellyfish. I feel like I don't have my own emotions. I don't know who I am. I become the emotions of the other person. Uh, you know, like I, I just don't get that. This is what people reach out for, for these problems. And if you're watching for the first time, because there's been an influx of people into the trigger proof group, welcome. Please let us know. Let us know where you're signing in from. Where, where are you tuning in from? We have somebody here from uh, Australia. We have Dubai. Like, where are you? Hey, Terry, what's up? Jen, what's going on from New York City? Ryan Douglas in the Gold Coast of Australia. Like, we have an international tribe of people here, a community who's all up to the same thing. This is really what we want is healthy relationships, healthy attached relationships. Today, I'm going to be talking about a really great self-assessment tool, and I want you to write these down. So what what I'm, I wrote a bunch of notes for you. This is going to be really a lot of content. So grab a pen, write these down, and maybe even write them in the comment sections for others to watch. But I, this is a tool for you to be able to self-assess. Self-assessment is critical in becoming trigger-proof because what happens is when we get triggered, we lose consciousness. We dissociate from ourselves. We judge, abandon, blame, and shame ourselves. We don't know. We, we, we lose touch with who we are, and we revert back to our old wounds. I'm going to 
come circle back to that thing. But what happens is when we get triggered, we revert back to our old wounds and our childlike selves really want the other person, i.e. our partners, really want our mommy and daddy slash partners, caregivers slash partners to really see us and soothe us. This is really what happens when we get triggered. <clears throat> Darwin, Australia, beautiful. Brisbane, we got a lot of Aussies here. God love you guys. Beautiful. Okay. So how do you tell when you're stuck in a story? The first way I want you to look and write this down. Here's how you can self-assess. Self-assessment is a critical component of becoming trigger-proof. Self-assessment is a critical component of becoming trigger-proof. Write that down. Self-assessment is a critical component of becoming trigger-proof because we don't know how to, we, we always project outwards. We don't usually like, by default, we don't look inward unless we have a camera looking at us. We don't look inward. We project outward. So we lose our ability to self-assess even though we think everything is all about us. Okay? Everything is all about us. Um, uh, so here's how you know if you're stuck in a story. This is the first way. The first way that will be you'll be able to tell right off the bat is whenever you feel yourself as less than or better than another person. Let me say that again. Anytime I feel that I am less than you, or I feel like I'm better than you, chances are I'm stuck in a story. Anytime I'm feeling less than or better than you, I'm stuck in a story. And I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about that. It's usually, that's where our ego kind of takes over. Our egocentric selves take over. I'm just gonna close the window here. It's a little bit loud outside downtown Vancouver. There we go. Our egocentric self wants to compare ourselves to others. Kind of like, how do I size myself up? Anytime that I am feeling myself as being less than or better than, I'm stuck in a story. Please get that, that's the first, the, the, pers the first thing that I want you to get. What's up, Rachel? What's up, Daniela? So please write this down. There are three developmental states that you are here on your journey that you're going to go through, okay? There's three developmental states. The first one is the wounded child, okay? Write that one down. The first one is the wounded child, which is age zero to age five. This is the developmental stage where we, we start, okay? Then the next developmental stage is the adapted adolescent, which is age six to around 18. And the third part, third developmental stage, which is the one we all aspire to being, which is our journey that unfortunately not too many of us get to, from my observation, this was true for me only uh, only a couple of years ago. Can I say, can I, since the last couple of years, can I honestly say that I'm just starting to develop past my adolescence into my functioning adult? The third one is the functioning adult, functional adult. So we have our wounded inner child, wounded child. We have the, which is zero to five. We have the adapted adolescent, which is six to 18 and then we have our functional adult. It is our purpose in order to heal and bypass, and not bypass, in order to transcend our stories, we must become a functional adult. 
we must become the functional adult. Now, the wounded inner child feels themselves as being worthless. The adapted adolescent sees themselves as arrogant and better than. Whereas the functional adult finds esteem from within. So there's three developmental stages. You are either feeling worthless as the inner, as the wounded child, arrogant as the adolescent, and you find esteem from within when you're a functional adult. Which one of those resonate the most with you lately, over the last week? Wounded inner child feels worthless. Adapted as adolescent feels arrogant and better than. <clears throat> Whereas the functional adult finds esteem from within, not outside. Okay. The wounded inner child in their developmental stage will appear needy. The wounded child feels needy. The adapted adolescent becomes needless, whereas the functional adult is able to communicate their needs. Let me say that one again. The wounded child is needy. The adapted adolescent is needless. Fuck you, I don't need you. I'm better than you. Whereas your functional adult is able to communicate your needs effectively. Okay. When you are the wounded child, you act completely out of control. When you are the adapted adolescent, you become hyper-controlling. Whereas the functional adult becomes flexible and moderate. Let me say that one again. <clears throat> the wounded child acts out of control. The adapted adolescent becomes hyper-controlling, whereas the functional adult, you will start showing up being more flexible and moderate. <clears throat> Over the last week, if you could self-assess, where have you been in that? Okay. The wounded child seeks attention. Me, 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 I want you to look at me. That's the wounded child. You know, I, I have a three-year-old nephew. Look, dad, look, look at me, look at me. That's the, that's the wounded child. The adapted adolescent seeks intensity. <laughs> the wounded child seeks attention. The adapted adolescent inside seeks intensity. That's the one, the part of us that wants to go out and have affairs. That's the adapted adolescent in us. Whereas the functional adult seeks integrity and harmony. Let me say that one again. The wounded child seeks attention. The adapted adolescent seeks intensity, okay? And the functional adult seeks integrity and harmony. Which one over the last week, which one would you say was predominating? Okay, Ryan says wounded child, good one. Thanks for calling it out, brother. You're doing the work, my friend. I love working with you. The next part is the wounded child will idealize caretakers and partners, idealize them. They usually show up as the insecure, uh, anxious. They idealize, I need your attention. They idealize their partner. What is he thinking? They idealize a the partner. That's the wounded child part of you, idealizing your caretakers 
parents wanting that attention. When will you see me? Partner, when will you, you know, why don't you pay attention to me? That's the idealizing of the caretaker. That's the wounded child in us. The adapted adolescent in us is disillusioned by caretakers and partners. It's like the adolescent is just disillusioned. I'm done. I'm better than. Disillusioned by caretakers and partners. Whereas the functional adult is actually in reality with caretakers and partners. Let me say that one again. The wounded child in us idealizes our, our caretakers and partners. I just want to be loved by that person, idealizes. The, the, the adapted adolescent is disillusioned. Ah, oh, fuck them. I can't, handle my, I can't handle mommy and daddy, and I'm done with that person. That's the, that's the, uh, the adapted adolescent in us, whereas the functional adult, once we develop, we then are now in a state of reality with our caretakers and our, our caretakers and our partners. This is our journey into development, the three stages of development from the wounded child to the adapted adolescent and to the functional adult. And what I discovered was that most of your personal development work is really a journey to adulthood. Whereas in our primitive days, our hunter-gatherer days, we had these rites of passages that helped us along on, these, on this journey into adulthood. We had rites of passages, like which included, like you know, the tribe kind of like setting you off into the into the great beyond, into the forest by yourself to face your fears. In other words, facing your fears is the requirement of passing through into adulthood. Unfortunately, our wounded children and our it, it, our adapted adolescents are terrified of actually experiencing fear, whereas we must be willing to embrace fear on that journey. It's hilarious, during our breathwork and badassery uh, workshop, which is a three-hour mind-blowing experience where you go and you actually meet that younger version of yourself. I'm actually gonna put a little a little uh, link to it in the comment section. A lot of you are already coming. And what it is, is many people are like, I'm so scared, it sounds scary. And I'm like, I know, growing up is scary. But that's our journey. But oh, no, no, no. And people would read the read uh, like the d description of what we do, and I'll get emails. People are backing out last minute. No, I'm too scared to do it. In other words, what they're actually saying is, I don't want to grow up. This is Peter Pan syndrome with men, and I don't know whether they call it Tinkerbell or whatever syndrome and women. I, it's got a probably a feminine um, counterpart to it. But essentially, we are wounded children and adolescents adapted adolescents that just don't want to grow up. And the journey of becoming trigger-proof, of taking responsibility for our triggers, is the journey to awakening, is the journey of spiritual awakening, is the journey of emotional development. And what happens is, in a given week, if you could just be honest with yourself right now, based on what I just shared with you, if you could be, oh, hey, Ricky, good to see you, brother. <laughs> If you could be honest with yourself, if you just jumped on right now, make sure you rewind because I just went over the three developmental stages that we must go through and, 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 a, and a tool to be able to self-assess. In a given week, here's my question to you. 
how often, this is a question you want to ask, how often in a given week do I exhibit those behaviors? The needy worthlessness who acts out of control that seeks attention and idealize our partners and caretakers, that's our wounded child. How often in the week do I act like that? Does my behavior demonstrate that? Are you able to be honest with yourself and not beat yourself up about it, but just be an observer and say, oh yeah, that's me? Or how often throughout a week, throughout a day, do you notice that you're the adapted adolescent who's arrogant, needless, hyper-controlling, seeks intensity, feels disillusioned by caretakers? Our journey through life, just self-assess. What percentage of your week do you act that way? Like, where are you? Yeah. Our triggers is the journey of our own spiritual development. That's right, TJ, 100%. But the problem is we always want someone else to do it for us. I want my husband to get me. I want my daddy to finally see me. I want my mommy to stop being so narcissistic. My ex was an abusive whatever, and we just play victim, which is our childlike self that just doesn't want to grow up. A huge, massive transformation I want to uh, kind of highlight is uh, Laura Friedman. She joined us one month ago. She messages me one day. She goes, Nima, I just, I've been following for you for a while and I realize you trigger the shit out of me. I'm like, yeah, get in line, everybody. Everybody feels the same way. I know. There's nothing more triggering than the truth. There's nothing more triggering than the truth. And I do my very best to be able to be as truthful as possible with myself, first of all, and to be able to be that for you. Um, but she realized that I'm playing a victim. I'm being the victim all the time and I'm done playing this victim role. I'm ready to take responsibility. She was in an abusive marriage. There was tons of kind of uh, domestic violence and there was like sexual abuse throughout her life. And she's just fighting all the time, fighting, fighting. She goes, I'm done fighting. I'm, I'm, I'm done. How do I let go of this victim role? And within one month, of us taking on and her owning all of these. And look, her mind is blown like a hundred times where she's realizing that she's been stuck in a story. She's like, I'm stuck in a story. I'm stuck in my wounded child and I'm stuck in my ad adaptive adolescent like 90% of the week. And the impact that I have is that I don't connect with my kids. She's got like two children under these. She got a 10-year-old daughter and like I believe an eight-year-old son. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Laura. But she doesn't really connect with them very well. She, she didn't connect with them very well. And this is one of the sad side effects of being stuck in a story because of a past trauma that you haven't healed. The unfortunate thing is, is that it causes a disconnection with your own children. Because if you don't develop if you don't develop yourself through those wounds how do you get stuck there well you have a trauma and you emotionally get stuck in your emotional development and every time you get triggered you get knocked back into those wounds and you behave like the wounded child or the or the adapted adolescent Either one of those two, they're pretty much driving the bus in your life. That was me, no matter how old I got. And we all know people, maybe yourself, you can see that you just still feel emotionally stunted. Like you're just, you're just like this resistance to growing the fuck up. 
to get to taking responsibility, to, to stepping up and becoming a man, to becoming a king, to becoming a queen, to becoming a woman. There's this little princess, little, little prince, you know, Persian, me, the Persian prince. You, you could be, you know, the, the little princess type of girl, you know, this resistance to actually growing the fuck up. And the problem with that is that we all know parents. Let me know if you can I get an amen if you can resonate with this. We all have an experience where we have parents, for example, where we just wish that they would grow the hell up. You're tired of parenting your parents. That's how the cycle gets passed from one generation to another. Imagine if your parents excuse me, imagine if they all of a sudden decided 20 years ago, whatever, however long ago, to take on their own healing work and to do their deep inner work and heal with their inner child and their adaptive adolescent. If they took the time to heal those younger parts of themselves. Imagine, what would your life be? Take a moment and ask yourself that. How different would your experience of life be? The cool thing is, is that Laura did this. She jumped in last month, starting with the Overview Experience Workshop, which is a five-hour. She was like, I'm tired of playing the victim. I said, cool, join us at the Overview Experience Workshop. She jumps in. Her mind was blown because we went back to her five-year-old self, that little inner child, that little wounded child that was told what to believe from a father who meant well but was trying to impose his faith on her. Right, which what kind of a loving, you know, parent that is highly religious wouldn't do that. Of course they would do that. But there was this wound there. She hadn't developed. She was emotionally stunted there. Also, she was emotionally stunted in her adolescent self, which not not being seen, mistreated by men. She was that, you know, both. She was worthless and arrogant. She was needy and she was needless. She was acting out of control, but she was yet hyper-controlling. And so this wounded child and adolescent was pretty much running her life, and she was now stuck in a situation where lawyers are involved with her ex, years of fighting in the court systems, and it's been one month that we've been working, and we have done nothing on, the, the ex-husband hasn't done any work, none whatsoever, but simply by integrating those younger parts, in healing those younger parts of her, she has now calmed her anxiety by like 10 times. Her relationship with her children has completely transformed, and naturally it will, because if you take care of your own younger parts within you, you now approach your children with mad empathy love, empathy, connection. It just oozes through you by virtue of who you've become for yourself. It's really beautiful. And she's been healing those old scars, those old wounds that are now turning into beautiful scars that are actually now beauty marks that are on the way to this beautiful mission to help heal women who've been victimized throughout their lives and, and to document their stories and to become a healthy, heal, whole, healthy, whole, healed individual, including men and women in the healing conversation. This was unheard of to her two months ago. And 
all because she called, she messaged me and she says, Nima, I'm stuck in this story. I feel like I'm stuck in this story. How do I let go of victimhood? And now what she's noticing is because part of the work is we get you to journal. We get you to self-observe. You have to start self-assessing. This, this is a tool that I've given you, this self-assessment tool, is so that you can look at yourself and, and be honest with yourself because most people don't. We're just so used to projecting outward that we don't take a sacred pause so that we can look inward and see what we're feeling. We do everything to avoid our feelings. And this is all about sitting and owning where you are, even though it's fucking uncomfortable, even though it's scary. That's why your parents probably won't do it. You're doing this work not just for your own children and the next generation, but you're actually, what I realized was I'm doing this work for my mother. I'm doing this work for my father who didn't, who don't have the courage, who don't have the uh, intestinal fortitude. <laughs> or the will to look at themselves. They feel entitled to have, you know, okay, we did our raising of you. We don't have to look at ourselves. And rightfully so, that's how they feel. And so I'll take the work on and I've been able to completely transform my relationship first with myself, then with them. And now I've been able to attract a relationship in my life that feels more securely attached than I've ever experienced. And knowing it's a work in progress, we trigger the crap out of each other each day. Well, I don't trigger you, right, babe? I'm totally like, there's. I never trigger you, right? Shit, I just triggered her. She's giving me the look. <laughs> well, cancel that. Never mind. We'll edit that out. Oh shit, it's just a lot. It's a Facebook Live. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's part of relationships. We. I've now attracted a situation where my friendships, my relationships, have become like a spiritual practice for me. It's without the expectation, it's showing up as a functional adult, is taking responsibility for myself, understanding what my boundaries are, being able to regulate my own emotions, understand that anxiety is not an enemy, it's a call to action, to connect with myself, Sp creating spiritual practices where I can create a sacred pause for myself so that I can continue to go inward each and every day and connect with my heart so that I can live a life that's meaningful, that's purposeful, that's full of intimacy and love, both with the people close to me and with my clients, with the public. Like I can hit the hit the go live button and then just be really open-hearted and be aware of that part of my, my little wounded child or my little adolescent and know which part because I can self-assess and I go oh I'm showing up as my needy little child right now I'm such a needy child and oh I know I'm being a needy child or I know I'm being like a you know stonewalling and being uh you know sulking or whatever like my uh my adolescent I'm able to self-assess and then make corrections and just, just be able to be living life on my terms consciously. And it all comes down to understanding your triggers because what happens is if you find yourself in one of those places constantly in the wounded child or the adolescent, be honest. Let me know if that's true for you. Let me know uh, if it's true for you. If you find yourself there, what that means is it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're an idiot. It just means that you're emotionally stunted at the place of your trauma. 
And we all have them. We carry them with us. You're emotionally stunted at the place of your trauma. And anytime you overreact to something by shutting down, by losing your temper, by sulking, by feeling hopeless, by freaking out, or by dissociating, these are all signs, feedback mechanisms that an old wound has been triggered. And the good news is, if you learn the skills of becoming trigger-proof, you can actually turn that around. You can reparent those younger parts. It takes time. It's a process. Each of these trainings is helping you become a little more self-aware, a little bit more inward-focused rather than pointing fingers outside. That's really the goal of all of these trainings is to become response-able to your triggers rather than um, reactive projecting outward. This is really the skill to learn as a human being. Seriously, if, if I could, you know, if we had aliens coming to the planet and they landed and they say, how do you do, how do you do this life thing really well? And I have this poster of the earth every day as a, as a reminder, because we're only here for a short period of time and we're on a floating spaceship. And so it's all just an illusion anyway. And so how do you make the most of it? Here's how, by learning how to become trigger proof by learning how to stay within your body, by experiencing life from a sense level rather than from a uh, thinking, cognitive level. You're too smart. You're always trying to, trying to solve your problems. You're so much in your head. You're trying to think your way out of feeling problems. So nobody gave you the manual of actually being in your body and doing life from a heart perspective. But the good news is I realized that that's how I was living for most of my life two years ago when I was, when I was 43. I turned 45 in November. Um, and I was like, holy shit, I've been doing life like 50, like maybe 20, 30 to 40% of its potential because I was here the whole time. I was never here. So I had to relearn how to do life. And it, guess where it begins? Take a wild guess where it begins. If you're going to redo life, people message me. I don't know where to begin. I feel stuck in this narcissistic uh, codependent dynamic. In other words, I'm stuck in a story. They're messaging me and they're always saying, people DM me on my Instagram all the time. They see my content. They're like, okay, I'm stuck in a story. Basically what they're saying is, my, da, 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 they've given me a paragraph. Basically what they're saying is, I'm stuck in a story. And they have reasons why they're stuck in a story and you have all this reason why you're, you're not getting out. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have all of that. That's part of the story, by the way. And so what they want, what they really want is they want to develop through that story and they want to grow up into adulthood, into a functional, fully functional adult rather than the wounded child or the adolescent. You're either in one of those three developmental states. And the purpose of life, to really express it in its entirety, to make a difference, to be contributing to humanity the way you truly want, to, to, to be connecting with people, to feel, to walk into a room and feel safe wherever you are, rather than, oh my gosh, what is everyone going to think of me? That's the wounded child part, or I'm better than everyone in here. Oh, I'm so much better looking, or I'm the richest one in here. That's the... Function, that's the adaptive adolescent. The purpose of it is to walk into a room and just feel safe in your own body, not really having to size yourself up towards other people, compare yourself, beat yourself up, think you're better than. Those are indicators that you're stuck in a story and the good news is you can get out. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast. 
designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. And the only way is to integrate the adult mind, your adult mind and your child mind together to understand and appreciate that within all of us is a wounded child and, a, and, a, and an adaptive adolescent that hasn't fully integrated. And here's the best part. You don't need somebody else to integrate for you. It's helpful to have guides who've walked that path, who've cried those tears and who've done that work. It's wise for you to look for that. But there's no hero in this journey except you. You are the hero of the journey. Whereas your wounded child and your, and your adaptive adolescent is looking for the hero outside, the fully functional adult becomes the hero of their journey. And so uh, people ask me all the time, so where's a good place to start? Because I'm stuck in a story. And then I always tell people through the breath. The best place to start is connecting to the breath. So I created a three-hour workshop called Breathwork and Badassery. And the badassery part is an inner child meditation. And the, the, the experiences range. Like we, last time we had about 50 people from all over the world. By the way, it's this Sunday coming up if you're in North America, early Monday morning for you in Australia. And what we do is we start with a little bit of a background as to why we do inner child meditation. Some of the resistances you're going to have of connecting to that younger part. Essentially, there's a child brain, your emotional brain, that's stuck in development. Your emotional development is stunted in one of those two places, in case you haven't noticed, in your developmental states. What we're going to do is a meditation which accesses and connects you to that younger self. And it's scary for many people. So many people don't even want to because they're so ashamed of that younger part. They hate that younger part. They've abandoned that younger part or that younger part is so angry at them for abandoning them. There's going to be some resistance. So you got your work cut out for you, but you can't avoid this. You can't, you can't live a healthy functional life if you're stunted in one of those developmental stages and you haven't fully integrated it yourself, not just here, but in your heart. And when you do, my goodness, the people like, <sighs> Imagine not needing outside approval to be able to love yourself. Imagine what it would be like to fully trust yourself as you navigate the unknown, whether it's COVID crisis, whether it's a financial crisis, whether it's, I don't know, pandemic or health or, or, going, or, or starting a new venture or starting a business. Imagine 
fully being able to trust yourself while you do it. I mean, we all have self-doubts, but imagine having the tools to be able to integrate all of that self-doubt into self-love and fully trusting in yourself. The work is not easy, but that's the net result of doing it. And, uh, you know, in a given week, this is your question you want to ask yourself is, how often do I exhibit the wounded child or the adolescent? And the next question is, what do I want my life to be all about? Where do I want to play? How, what, what, what game do I want to play in life, in my career, in my relationships? And the next question is, can I play that game to the de degree that I want if I'm stuck in those old stories of wounded child and adaptive adolescent? Can I really get to those levels? I realized that I couldn't. So I had to do something about it. And I pieced together a model, a model called the intimacy upgrade that teaches you self-love from a felt sense perspective. Most of the times we see memes about self-love, self-love is a cognitive process. But true self-love is not a thought, it's actually a feeling. And you can access it. I looked in the mirror a couple years ago and somebody was like, oh, Nima, you don't love yourself. Like they were, I was telling them about what a mess everything was and they were like, oh, Nima. My friend Aura was like, oh, Nima, you don't love yourself. She's uh, Latina. Oh, Nima, Nima, oh, Nima, you don't love yourself. You have to love yourself. And I was like, what the fuck do you do that? How on earth am I going to do that and actually mean it? Try it right now. Can you look in a mirror right now into your own eyes, try it. Give, do this, this is a self-assessment for you. You go to the mirror, look into your eyes, and say, I love you. See if you believe it. I tell my clients, the goal of the work we do is for you to do that. To go to the mirror, say, I love you, and actually mean it. That, if you can do that, then in that moment, your work is done. I mean, I have my days, obviously, but I know that this is a practice. It's a worthwhile practice because without that, nothing else that I achieve or receive is worth it. And without that, a secure attachment in my relationships and in my work is impossible. So this Sunday, if you're ready to actually get scared a little bit, Take ownership, expand from the wounded child or the adolescent and start the process of the development. All my clients are coming. This is part of their the work we do. They attend one breath work and badassery session each month. But I decided to open it up to the public and make it super affordable for everyone of you to show up every single month because this is the thanks to the COVID thing, COVID pandemic, I never I never would have done this. Like this was a huge offering that I was like, wow, I'm going to make it super duper like affordable for everybody to show up every month and deepen their practice because that's what it is. It's a practice. This is a spiritual practice. I'm not ashamed to say it. Spiritual, not religious, spiritual. What's cool is on my group call, I remember in my, my, my clients, I have a Hasidic Jew who studies the Talmud. I have a Muslim who has two wives in Ethiopia, not a joke. He's got two wives. He's in Ethiopia. He's in the middle of the night. He's on every group call. Omar, God love him. Okay. We have a Hasidic Jew. We have a, uh, a Muslim 
who prays five times a day with two wives. We have a Baha'i and we have Christians, a pastor's wife, like, and atheists as well. I'm sitting here going, this is pretty freaking cool because this methodology transcends when we, it basically, it's called the overview method. It looks at you from this perspective. And from this perspective, whatever spiritual book you read doesn't matter. It's all welcome because these are universal laws that whatever spiritual book you read, whatever religious book you read, spirituality is not about what you believe, but your level of conscious awareness. Overview, which is the methodology that I'm kind of teaching to help you master that, is about spiritual awareness. It's about Christ consciousness. It's about observing yourself from an objective, non, uh, non-judgmental standpoint through God's eyes, universal intelligence. It's beautiful and it's all inclusive. And so the coolest thing like neuroplasticity to retrain the brain, absolutely. If you're just jumping on Nadia, Sarah and Rebecca, please go back. You've got to watch the beginning about the three different stages of uh, development that you could be and try to answer the questions. Which one do you find yourself in? And I really look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday, the people that are really inspired that are ready to do the work and throw all of their excuses aside and get a little bit uncomfortable and face their fear so that they can then grow up into fully functioning adults. Why? So we can have the, the greatest experience on life, which is secure attachments. There's nothing. That's the holy grail. There's nothing, in my opinion, more important than that. So let me know what was most relevant for you. Ryan, I know you're looking forward to it. I'm, I'm totally uh, looking forward to sharing more with you. Uh, and I'm really proud of your development so far, about your connection with your younger self. You can really see that robotic two-dimensional self part of you starting to expand into three dimensions. We can feel your heart opening. And uh, it's a work in progress like the rest of us. Super grateful to be on the path with you. And you came to last month. That was your breathwork and badassery. If you had that experience, what was that like for you? Write it in the comments section. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Definitely sign up. The link again, I'm going to post it again right there. Drop a link in the comment section I just dropped. Jump in and do the work with us. Share. You'll get some coaching from me if you have questions. There's a lot of sharing. First, we do the inner child meditation. Then I drop you into breath work where I teach you the fundamental of personal development and self-regulation, which is learning how to breathe. It's funny that I have to be teaching that, but I had to teach myself how to breathe properly because for the first 43 years of my life, I realized I wasn't breathing properly. Mind blown. Come and learn how to do it with us on Sunday. But... For the newbies that are in the group, welcome. Let us know. Let me know where you're signing in from. Like, like where are you tuning in from? Uh, do you have any specific questions? What are you struggling with? I'd love to create some content for you. See you at the next perfect time. What time will it be in Australia Monday morning? 5 a.m. Michelle, it's going to be a good time and well worth it. See you then. It's all there.